Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs creating the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm Emily Aborn, and along with my co-host, Crystal Farley, we are here to give you the roadmap to success and the tools you need to build whatever this means for you. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Again, I know I don't even need to ask you this, but how are you today, Crystal? Super. Oh, good. Me too. I'm super califragilisticexpialidocious. I love the Mary Poppins movie. Do you know I know how to spell that word like 100% perfectly? Because you practiced when you were younger, you had to make sure. Yeah. Duh, me too. True. (laughs) Same. But no, Google doesn't even correct me or whatever that thing is. Uh, Grammarly. Yeah. Love Grammarly, by the way. So helpful. Everybody should have it. Yes. And it does not correct supercalifragilistic. And they're not even a sponsor. We yeah, just love them. Yeah, I know. But if they want to be, I can give you my phone Spread number. The word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Crystal, how'd you. So when, while we're recording this, it's October and it's lovely. The last bit of foliage just popping through. How did you spend your weekend? It's so beautiful right now. We were literally just talking about how it's so warm, even though it's like uncharacteristic for right now. But this weekend was actually a very nice, relaxing weekend after my sister's wedding a couple weeks ago. So this weekend we did, we actually, we actually took advantage of the beautiful weather and we went for a small hike in Mines Falls here in Nashua with my daughter. And we, we just honestly looked around and looked at the leaves and the trees. And when I was married to her father, I actually went to Mines Falls and carved our initials in a tree. So So we tried to go find that tree together. Oh, we have one of those trees in our backyard. That's so nice. It's a wonderful thought. Yeah. What did you do? Um, Well, so my aunt lives in Montana, and she wanted me to collect all of these acorns because she studies things that have to do with acorns and grass and trees and things that I don't really understand. But anyway, I was my mission was to collect acorns. And as you know, they're everywhere. Like my yard is covered in acorns. We were going to have my nephew over to pick up all the acorns and give him like a penny per acorn. But then like quickly I realized I would be completely broke. There there are so many. But I do love them. So that's what I did. They what did I do? when you step on them. Oh, I collected them. Yes. They do hurt when you step on them. Although why are you wearing no shoes in the fall? I that's, much prefer to be outside with no shoes it's if just, it's a little bit warm out. It's just weird. Um, so speaking of acorns, the reason I brought those up is because our guest today actually has an acorn as her logo, and you're going to understand why in a minute. She's going to get us going on even more of these nutty analogies. Um, today we're talking to Rebecca Wait, Moore. hold on. Acorn, aborn. Uh, you yeah. didn't really go there. Good but, correlation. Yeah, Thank I you. I had to bring that up for the it's like analogies. A- acorn with a B. Mm-hmm. Today we are talking to Rebecca Moore of... In an, that was like a total squirrel moment, by the way. Um Literally, look at... I know, this is just going down a really bad... (laughs) I got nothing on the squirrels. It's a hole, down a hole, that's a rabbit hole. Anyway, today we are talking to Rebecca Moore of In A Nutshell Consulting. She is an entrepreneur, board member, business advisor, mentor, and coach, and she thrives on empowering women to start and grow their own businesses. Her clients are the people that are on a mission to cultivate purpose in their lives and make a meaningful impact through entrepreneurship, which 
you and I both love, of course. Moore advises founders on mastering mindset, money-making, and messaging to scale their businesses faster and more ease. She loves brainstorming and distilling complex ideas into simple stories, which inspired the name of her business in a nutshell. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. Tell us a little bit more about um, who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I'm an entrepreneur and a mom, and I live outside Boston, and I love working with women entrepreneurs like yourselves. So I was excited to hear about this program. And I founded my own .com called museumshop.com with a mission to leverage the internet to help museums generate money in a more entrepreneurial way. And I had started, um, I started working at the Smithsonian and other museums and felt like they were missing a huge opportunity of the internet. So I uh, had lots of wins with this company. I uh, had 30 employees. We raised uh, venture capital and uh, money from friends and family. Um, and it was an exciting time. Dream came true, traveled the world. Um, and then I had kids. <laughs> How many kids do you have? So I have three daughters, and um, I found it really hard to uh, maintain that pace. And um, I decided to uh, focus on family and kids for a while, and then jump ahead to five years ago, I got the itch again to join a startup, and I joined a company called uh, Peach. It's an athleisure company. I joined them on the ground floor. And um, it was a fabulous community of entrepreneurs and uh, who are looking to make an impact. And um, it was a perfect match in many, many ways. Great community of smart women and flexible work, high quality products, uh, growing really fast. Um, I was really successful there. And um, and then I realized that what I really <laughs> loved to do was to help women grow their businesses. And I was, uh, my heart was not in selling apparel. So I started my own company in a nutshell to help women entrepreneurs grow and to really empower them. And uh, the one thing that I I come back to again and again is, you know, when I started with museumshop.com, it was a mission-driven business uh, opportunity to help museums generate revenue in a new way. And um, so I look for matching up myself with clients who have similar mission-driven businesses. And I know how lonely it can be as an entrepreneur. So I come alongside entrepreneurs to help them get get through all their challenges and uh, you know fine tune their business. What exactly do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I work with them to identify what their objectives are. Most importantly, so you know we we all want to have a meaningful uh, income, and it's not going to happen if we don't have a good business idea and understand who our clients are and who our customers are and um, really fine-tune the messaging and figure out how to get from point A to point B. So often I'll sit down with them and and really ask them all the questions, tough questions, and then um, we'll work through all of that. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean when you say meaningful. Like what does it mean to have a meaningful business? So what I when I... when I said meaningful, I meant meaningful income. So to me, um, one of the things is a lot of people, uh, you know, 
there are a lot of businesses that are just side hustles and just you know a little bit of little bit of cash to pay for things. And um, what I mean is a meaningful income that you can support yourself and your family on. Oh, thank so, you for clarifying. Um, and the I guess I can juxtapose that with purpose driven meaning using your talents, your God-given talents to figure out how to provide a service or a product um, and to the world and to generate a uh, profit so that you can live off it. Can we just jump backwards a little bit? Because I think um, I think it's important that, you know, a lot of our listeners I'm sure can align with, and I know I personally can too, you are sort of in this whirlwind of a quote unquote traditionally successful company with your startup that you were able to earn VC funds with and get, I mean, to get funding in itself is like a whole nother podcast, right? Um, and then you decided to have children. So you you decided to take a step back. You made that decision to take a step back, which is really empowering because sometimes women are sort of pushed out of that role, right? Um, but I guess- That is another whole podcast. That is a whole other podcast. <laughs> we can talk about that another time, but that's definitely a big topic. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think, you know, but then you got the itch again. So would you mind like sharing um, with our listeners what made it okay to start getting back with another start? Like where, what, what at home changed or shifted to allow you to do that uh, yeah. again? I actually, uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. So what happened was, well, all during having kids, I was extremely involved in our community, PTA president, you know, did tons of volunteering and um, just a lot of work. Um, and when my youngest daughter went to high school was the kind of trigger point for me. All during that time, I was very busy doing a lot of different things, but I still had an itch. Sure. <laughs> you know, um, just this little niggling inside me that there was something I really wanted to do. And so the first step I took was joining Peach. And then what I realized when I was there is that I really wanted to run my own show. And uh, although I didn't want to run another venture capped business, venture capital backed business, because it is it's so intense. It is just it's so incredibly world, intense yeah. um, that I did want to. Uh, I, I wanted to give back um, and convey all that I've learned to other women and help them feel less isolated. Yeah, I think you know the, that's one of the things that was an adjustment for me going into owning my own business. Is that and I'm I'm if you're familiar with discommunication styles, I'm high I. I'm an influencer. I love to be with people. I love to socialize. It makes me thrive. And so for me to go from working for an organization with lots of people to working for myself, it's a lot of time by yourself, especially when you're getting started. Right. That's why I love things like coho, like co-working house to be with the people and, and sort of like the work that you do. Right. Yeah. In fact, I just joined the wing in Boston because of that. I mean, I, I have a home office, I have an office in Burlington and now I have an office in, in Boston because I'd like to be around. I like to be around other people doing similar things. So yeah. I can't relate to this conversation. That's okay. You can come down. Yeah, I like and work to hide in my in my hole. <laughs> but when you do come out, yeah. look at you. I'm fifty fifty. I'm like yeah, me the, too. what are the intro, extro, whatever. It's called, I need. It's called an ambivert. Oh, we, we swing both ways. <laughs> Get the best of all worlds. <laughs> That's why I like you. <laughs> all right. So what? Um, challenges have you faced or are you facing in your business? And and I guess what challenges do you help entrepreneurs to overcome too? Because probably some of the challenges that you faced are ones that you're watching other people struggle with all of the time. Absolutely. I mean, 
everything that I go through is translatable to my clients. So um, actually, you started mentioning the squirrel. Uh, and I know that's, that's our little joke. But um, one of the movies I love is Up. And um, this dog, have you guys seen it? So there's this dog. I haven't seen it, but I know oh, the reference. So there's this dog who's like running around. And he's a big major player in, in the uh, in the movie. And he's on a mission to do something. And then he sees a squirrel. So it's squirrel, squirrel. So this this has this is why um, we call it squirrel syndrome. I call it on my website. I, I refer to it because so many entrepreneurs are creative people as well, and that's why they're thinking outside of the box. That's why they've they've followed this path, and um, yet you know, having all these ideas can be super distracting. Um, and I think that is one of the biggest challenges for everyone. And um, uh, I am not immune to that. So <laughs> let's, I, let's uh, talk about that yeah. a little bit, because I, I have this real propensity towards new ideas. So when you get a new idea, how do you know, first of all, whether or not the idea is for you? And then also, how do you know if it's a good idea? Yeah, that's a good, good question. So um, so a few of the things that I do to overcome this uh, propensity, well, well, first of all, you have to be really intentional about um, the moments when you need to take massive action. And um, there's a great word for this is that, and I think the trick is that you have to have to understand within yourself as an entrepreneur that we have a tendency to over-index on creativity. And so kind of be intentional. It's like, ah, okay, here comes that idea. And I, oh, I really want to go check that out. But okay, I have blocked this time right now to do such and such. So I'm going to stick with it. Um, I actually have a little like distraction journal. So sometimes it's things that crop up, uh, you know, someone rings the doorbell, um, you know, I'm on a, a call, or I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm in the middle of a zoom conference meeting, and something comes up, and it's, I just have to jot it down. That's um, a really good idea. I just yeah. learned that one. And or an interruption pad, some people call it. <laughs> and a lot sounds, of people are that using sounds it weird, for but... social media, right? Because yeah. um, you yes. don't want to end up writing on your distraction journal. So it's a really great self-accountability piece. Yeah. Or you, you don't want to review notes. Back. You yeah. can just use notes yeah, on, your, on your laptop, which is really handy. I have a ton of notes. Um, and the other thing is to... Um, I mean, the nice thing about that is you can come back to them. And if they keep coming up again and again... Um, then that's one sign that it might be a really good idea. Or if um, in the course of, you know, your weeks and your months moving forward, um, other things happen that make that idea more viable, then that's a, that's a really good sign as well. But ultimately, the idea has to be part of your objective. And if it isn't part of your key objective and it's, um, you know, it's a side, you know, another side business, you might have to course correct. So right. It might be more of a distraction than an idea. The uh, other thing I've done is to um, to join uh, this workspace, uh, a couple different work workspaces where I actually reward myself by going there and I just go there and work and I'm surrounded by all these other incredible people that are just hunkering down and working. It's so uplifting. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt that it, there's a phenomenal view of Boston, Back Bay Boston. It's like being up in Paris, um, Paris rooftops. And, um, and I also, if I've accomplished something that's maybe more, you know, what I consider to be less exciting, then I can reward myself with following through on some of the creative ideas. So 
Um, I heard this really great quote by Winston Churchill that says, if you wake up thinking about I'm going to butcher it or just paraphrase it. I'll just call it (laughs) paraphrasing. But if you wake up thinking about something every single day, then you have to stick to it or take action on it. And I do like that because for me, when I get a good idea, I will write it down. And then if I keep writing that same thing down, then I sort of know that I want to go somewhere with it. Well, also, if you have taken time to sit down and really map out what where you are going and where you want to go and it fits into you know what you're becoming that's a good sign as well (laughs) starting with the end in mind um okay so what do you think is what's a piece of advice that you wish somebody had given you let's say 10 years ago when you were sort of you I imagine at that time you were kind of in the in-between crossroads of starting this business and um, transitioning out of being full-time home mom, full-time. Yeah. So there are many, I guess, well, at that time I would have said, I would focus on growth and grow where you're planted. It's like, you know, we all have different seasons and don't judge yourself. There's different seasons. And if you're really passionate about something, you know, you'll, you'll, you will come to it. And there is no time, you know, there's, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're always in a position to grow and to become something you want to become. So um, that's that's one. I have a bunch, though. Yeah, tell um, us more. Give us more well, I'm advice. a big Brene Brown fan, and she always says, uh, one of her famous quotes is, clarity is kind. And, you know, the more clarity you can have about um, what really brings you joy, like what energizes you and where you want to go and not get too hung up on what, what has happened um, or where, where you are at the moment... <laughs> I think that's good. And be clear with, with everyone you meet, whether it's clients or your family. Um, let's see what else. Oh, another one. Focus. So be careful what you focus on um, because what you focus on will grow. <laughs> and so if you focus on negative things, then you're going to have more negative. And, and that's a huge one for entrepreneurs too. So, What's a piece of advice you would give m- most of the business owners that you work with? Um, let's see. One is just, just be, build resilience into your life. So, so there are things that are going to come up. You can focus on them, um, for a moment, freak out and then forget it. (laughs) You have a word for this, Crystal. Ooh. Your Chardonnay moment. Oh yes. You can have a Chardonnay moment, but then you got to recoup. Oh, I like that. But everybody's entitled. I like that. But for me, it'd be Pinot Grigio. So... We all have our ugly cry moments. <laughs> ugly and cry yeah. moments yeah. are very important. Should we just keep talking about Pinot Grigio and Chardonnay? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't actually like white wine, though, so oh, mine don't. would be a Pinot Noir. Oh, there we go. Or That's Malbec. Good. Or any. I like Ooh, a Malbec actually. or a Cabernet, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Talking. We digress. Talking about squirrel moments. <laughs> <laughs> the other, well, the other thing that I teach in my mastermind, too, is um, just taking a look at what to do and what not to do, and also looking at all the different things that you're working on, taking, taking some time out, looking at everything that you're working on, and determining what you can delegate um, and what you can eliminate. 
<laughs> I love that. I think that's really important to do in your business is be able to take a step back and give it a bird's eye view mm-hmm. and assess things because otherwise, you know, we're in it every single day, head down, working, working, working. And it's not really until we take a step back and look at everything and make sure everything has like every, I did an exercise recently where you take the six, you can, well, you can break it into as many pieces as you want, but you take the areas of your life and you kind of give them each a mission statement. And so if something doesn't have a mission statement, it really doesn't have a place in your life. You know, mm-hmm. if there's something you're doing and you don't have a why behind it, then it really, there's no point in doing it. So I love that. And you, and why don't you tell us a little bit more about your masterminds? Because you do them, I'd like, love to know how frequently and what kind of topics you cover in them? Um, Well, I am, so I just had a a half-day mastermind, um, and I tried to cover a ton in just half-day, and then in November I'm having a full-day mastermind, um, and then followed by six um, group sessions that we're going to do by Zoom. And really what I'm looking to help each of the, in a small group, it's like six, six to eight people, um, to really each help them get a return on what they're working on, to course correct their business, um, really focus on um, where you want to go and get the rest out of the way. <laughs> and really we, it's like, it's almost like a gift. So to, to go offsite and focus intensely with six other business owners, and you're lifting each other up by focusing on all these um, modules that we go through. Um, so getting clear, clarity on your objectives, on your customer, on your messaging, um, and identifying any blocks to profitability, which is really, really important. So that's just a few things <laughs> without going into too much detail. So I ask this question a lot to our guests, and I would love to know your answer since you work with so many of them. What? How do you define entrepreneurship, or an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's that's a that's a loaded question. So I feel like I can call myself an entrepreneur because I've raised venture capital, and um, there are very few women who've raised venture capital. Sadly, since I have the needle has not moved at all on that, and um, so some some view it that way, but. It really, I'm I'm working with business owners, and really, the, the beauty of becoming a, a, a women. I, f- I find this as a whole new paradigm for women who want to create work that's flexible on their own terms. And really, the beauty is there's the sky's the limit. So even though you may be a small business owner today, you can really have a substantial business without outside capital um, that you can grow. Um, and that that is really the niche that I'm looking at. Um, I mean, I can advise anybody on raising venture capital, but there are gazillions of people that are doing that in incubators all over the country. Um, what I'm looking for is women that are like, no, I'm going to do it on my own terms. I may have to work out, of, you know, I may have an office in my house and a couple other virtual places I'm working, but I can make a business where I can earn, you know, six figures and up um, if I work hard at it. And if I have a really good business idea and if I'm smart about it and if I'm teachable and if I surround myself with other women who are trying to do the same. So I like that. But I think, you know, I think something you said is important too and that there are a lot of people that are out there to coach individuals on how to raise venture capital because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, 
when you live in small towns in New Hampshire, you're not necessarily you don't necessarily have access to that face to face interaction. Mm-hmm. You're relying on the internet a lot, and I think you know I would encourage people that do have really great ideas that could go nationwide or be global to use some of those resources because you're right, the needle has not moved, and venture capital is out there. And so in order to access that, sometimes the resources are limited. True. I, I True. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, I don't live out here. I live in, you know, suburban Boston. But um, the other thing that, that people have to remember is if you, if you are going to get venture capital, you have to have a big idea. I mean, it, I mean, when I was raising money, it had to be a $100 million idea, you know, that revenue. And now it's, like a billion. I mean, you have to have a really big idea and you have to have the confidence to think super big and feel very good about, you know, what your market is and how you're going to get, get to market. Um, so I, I see that as a very different, you know, that's a, a different mindset, a different group than someone saying, you know what, I'm okay if it's, you know, if I have 10 employees, you know, but I have a decent business and I've grown it myself and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. And to you, that's a big idea. To yeah. that person, that's a big idea. It right. doesn't have to right. be. So yeah. it doesn't. So to answer, to go back to your question about entrepreneur, you know, I, I use that loosely. Um, some people are, some of my clients are developing software apps that could really take off and, and, and you know, might need an infusion of venture capital. And many of them are, are not. So it's fine with me. What do you, happy what do to you, work with anybody. So what do you love most about being an entrepreneur? Well, I think I mentioned to you, I started in the museum world, and that's because um, I, um, I have an art background as well and, and an MBA. And the most creative part about business is creating new businesses and creating new ideas and turning something, you know, turning an idea into something tangible to me is very exciting. And um, yeah, it just energizes me. So, um, All right. Why don't you tell our listeners how to connect with you and find you online? Okay, that's that's easy. So my uh, my hashtag is at in a nutshell CEO, and my website is in a nutshell consulting dot com, and I hang out a lot these days on Instagram. So that's I, I just love the visuals of Instagram. So that's probably the best place to uh, follow me, and you can always sign up for my um, news in a nutshell <laughs> um, to stay posted of our upcoming masterminds, and um, if you want to just chat with me on the phone. I have, um, you can just connect through my website and get a, um, you can just book a 15 minute chat on me and love to meet you. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining <laughs> us. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. And um, I really appreciate the foliage up here. So gorgeous. Have a nice, Enjoy it. have a nice ride back to Boston. Thanks. Thank you. For more information on the She Built This podcast, you can check us out online at www.shebuiltthis.org. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.